Uh, it's so good to have you here. I'm so excited about 2017, and um, I'm going to do a start a series this morning. We're going to do it over two weeks, and I think this series is pivotal for us if we're actually going to achieve some of the things that we want to achieve in our lives personally, in the life of the church, and in our community. And, and so the name of the, the series is called Love My Roots. Everybody say, Love My Roots. I'm not talking about the ones after your hair has been dyed and it starts coming through. I'm not talking about those roots. I'm not talking about uh, your family roots. I'm talking about your roots. Everyone say, love my roots. The fundamental thing that I think that is the starting point as we get into this this morning is I think that every single person uh, that's alive today in their heart of hearts actually wants to have an impact in their world. They actually want Everybody wants that sense of significance. Loneliness is one of the worst things on the face of the planet. Everybody wants to feel like they matter and that they've actually contributed something and that there is a significance about them. Everybody wants to, in their heart of hearts, wants to feel like that they have a lasting impact on the world. I don't know about you, but when I die, I would like to think that there'll be some people that would come to my funeral that would be appreciative that I lived. Yes? I think every single one of us wants that, yeah? Every single one of us would like that. And here's the thing, that desire to have an impact is actually a God-given desire. Because when Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden, God said, go, subdue the earth, take authority over it, have dominion, and multiply. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, having a life of impact, a life of significance. So really, his whole plan for mankind, for us, was to have significance and impact in our world. And it's a God-given thing that we want to do that. But I don't know about you, but at times, I feel like my impact is, is just, there's, it's just more like an M, if you know what I mean. Yeah? It's more like people look at my life sometimes and go, mm, rather than impact, if that makes sense. You can get a sense of humor this morning. Please help me out here. I'm doing my best. And, um, but I really believe that it's in our hearts to have impact. I really believe that it's God's desire and destiny for your life to have not just an impact, but a lasting impact. Why don't you turn with me to John chapter 15. We're going to look at two verses, verse 5 and verse 16. And I think that this really sums up what it is that God wants to do in our world. And I think there are some key components in this. And uh, we're going to have a look at those this morning. Are you with me? Right, it says this in verse 5, it says, I am the vine, that is Jesus talking, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, in Jesus, and I in you, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me you can do nothing. Everybody say nothing. And then in verse 16 it says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That means that God chose you. You didn't choose him, he chose you. From the time that the world was created, he chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. When I read those two verses, it says to me that a Jesus follower, someone who follows Jesus, somebody who's a Jesus follower because I love this thought, I read this quote during the holidays that Jesus didn't have a follow-up program, he had a follow-me program. Come on. 
too many Christians or people in church want everybody to run around following them up. But Jesus said, come, follow me. Which means that I get off my backside and I pursue him. I don't sit back and wait for him to come to me. You with me this morning? If you're a follower of Jesus, then according to these two verses that your calling and your destiny is to be fruitful. It's to have a fruitful life. Because he talks in there about much fruit and fruit that lasts. He actually has designed each and every one of us to have an impact in our world, a, a fruitfulness to our lives, but not just for a short period, but for lasting time, forever, for a, a long time. You know, the word fruitfulness literally means that when people see your life, they taste Jesus. Fruitfulness means that when people see your life, they get a taste of who God really is. In fact, Scripture teaches us this, that they will know that I'm God by your love for one another. What does that mean? They're seeing how you are with each other. People notice how you treat people. People notice, and what they taste is they taste Jesus in your actions. I've said this before, and I say it again. The Apostle Paul said that we are epistles seen of and read of by men. In other words, you're the only Bible that some people will ever read, and when they see you, they should taste Jesus. Come on. They should taste Jesus. I remember a message that was preached by a guy called Steve Kennedy when I was a teenager, and he preached a message called Jesus with skin on. And it was this whole concept around that we are him with skin on. That our lives should be Jesus just with skin on. And I really believe that the scripture teaches here that we are meant to be fruitful, that we are meant to have an impact, and not just a short one, but a lasting one, that God created you with that, that in mind, in your heart, that, that sense that you have of wanting to achieve something of significance in the kingdom is not your idea, it's God's idea, and God wants to bring it to pass, and if he's faithful to his word, he wants to do that. Our problem is not so much that believing God wants to do something, our problem is, is we don't understand the process that God takes us through. Because he says here, if you're, if you're fully grafted into him, if you remain in me and I remain in you, if you stay in the vine, then he says that your life will produce tangible Christ results. Come on. Tangible Christ results. I love some of the wording in these scriptures because there's a difference between some fruit and much fruit. Isaac's excited this morning. It's good. There's a difference between some fruit and much fruit. The reason why I get excited about it is because much fruit says to me that God's plan for your life is not conservative. God's plan for your impact is not conservative. It's not some fruit. It's like much fruit. It's like God's plan is for your life to have an abundance to it, to have a have an influence that goes way beyond your wildest dreams. God's plan is this, there's a big difference between some fruit and much fruit. There's also a difference between much fruit and fruit that lasts. There's a big difference between much fruit and fruit that lasts. But the thing that I love about this is that he says, I, I don't just want you to have much fruit, which is a huge life, but I want you to have lasting fruit, which says to me that God's not interested in the temple results of things. God's not interested in short-term gains. God's interested in doing something in your life which lasts 
for eternity, that continues way after you've gone. That's the kind of fruitfulness that he's talking about in this scripture. If you would be in me and I'm in you and we're grafted in together, then the kind of fruit that you produce is not small, but it's huge. It's a huge amount that comes out of your life. And it's not just for the here and now, but it's actually forever. It's, it's a big plan that he has for your life. I don't know about you, but that, that excites me that God's plan for my life is not just for a a short-term thing, but it's for permanent change. It's for, it's for a lifetime of impact. It's for a generational impact. It's for an impact that lasts for eternity. It's an abundant, enduring fruitfulness. And the cool thing about it is that it says, that's the mandate for my life. I can't believe you're not excited about that. It's the mandate for your life that you don't just produce something but you produce an abundance of it that lasts way beyond after you've gone. As a parent, you should understand that, that your children will stand on the shoulders of what you've done and they will go beyond where you've gone because that's the way that it works, that the older generation always serves the next generation to help it to step into all that God has for it. I just think it's awesome that God's just like, oh, it's really cool that you've given your life to me and I love you, but he just, he just wants so much more for you and I. Our problem is this, is that we don't understand it's roots before fruits. Everybody say roots before fruits. Say it again, roots before fruits. You see, the thing is, is that the fruit is actually at the end of the process. Fruit comes when everything else has happened. Fruit comes after everything else has happened. I think the mistake that I've made in my life, I know, is I've tried to produce fruit before I've even planted anything. Are you with me? Has anybody ever had your kid, you know, they go to school and they come home and they have to plant something at the house? Some of you have had this. And, and they plant a seed, you know, and you've got it on the on the little mantelpiece in the kitchen and they water it and that. How many parents have had your kid dig up that seed after like a day? They, they expect that thing to just go overnight and wah, you know? Or in our case, we, we planted some strawberries one year, strawberry plants, and, and, and a certain person who remained anonymous in our family, but is the youngest, um, was eating them while they were green. <laughs> because couldn't wait for them to go red. You know, and so our problem is, is we want, we want the red strawberries before we've gone through the process of what's required for that plant to produce strawberries. We, we tend to look for fruit at the beginning, but fruit always comes at the end, it's the root system of the plant that grows first. And the root system of the plant grows until it is mature enough for the plant to produce fruit. So if the plant isn't producing fruit, it's because the roots are not mature enough to handle the weight of what that plant needs to produce. Are you with me this morning? Just for the plant to survive, let alone bear fruit, it requires a root system. 
And the root system, if you know anything, and you should know this, a root system below the surface takes up way more room than the plant does above the surface. It takes up way more room than anything else. You know, when I was in, um, in Vanuatu last year, they have these trees, I think they're called banyan trees. You know, the trees that they have like massive trunks and everything, but they're, they're, they're um, empty on the inside. And, you know, it's like all these like hundreds and hundreds of trunks that go up and it looks like it's this big massive tree, but in the middle it's hollow. And uh, they're just amazing and their root systems just go forever. And uh, I said to the guys, man, it's a really cool tree. And they go, oh, we love those trees. And I said, why is that safer place to be in a hurricane or a cyclone is inside one of those trees? Because there's so much root system to it all that they never fall over and they never collapse. They're the safest place to be. But the safety of that tree above the surface is because of the deepness of the roots under the surface. See, people look at that tree and go, that's a safe tree, but they don't understand the amount of roots that have gone down, how far they go, how wide they stretch. You see, it takes up more space underground than the plant takes above ground because the foundation is always bigger than the thing that it's supporting. Foundation is always bigger than the thing it's supporting. And if the foundation isn't big enough to support the thing that is growing, it falls over. When we were at summer camp this year, and just by the kitchen, there were some really big trees, and this tree wasn't even windy, I don't think, that day. We just heard, people just heard this crack, and the tree went, and just missed the kitchen by about a couple of meters. It just fell over. And it fell over because the root system could not handle the weight of the tree. You know, there's, I've probably mentioned this before, but I, I'll tell you again, years ago, the top of Mount Cook fell off. Anybody that's been around long enough understands that the top of Mount Cook fell off and it became shorter. And what they discovered is that the rock in Mount Cook that, that held it together was so brittle that the weight of the snow that year was too much for it, and so the top just snapped off. And what God says is, I want you to produce this incredible amount of fruit, and I want it to be lasting, not just short, but lasting. But you have to understand something. For, the, for you to do that requires an incredible good roots system. You see, the thriving of somebody's life is not the fruit that they produce, but the roots that they grow beforehand. Your ability to thrive in life is actually in your root system. We don't like that because the root system is basically the character building. Yes? Anybody here ever done an old school apprenticeship? Not the new ones where they're sensitive to people's feelings, but the old ones. You know, the old ones when you gave the mechanic the wrong tool, he'd just throw it back at your head. Those apprenticeships. I can remember when, when I was working in the automotive industry, I used to feel so bad for the apprentices, but so enjoyed what they did to them. They would do things like put graphite grease down their pants. Now, if you understand about graphite grease, it gets into your skin like, like liquid gets into the chalk. And, and so they would, they'd write things on their chest and graphite grease like, 
I'm an idiot, or, and it would take weeks of scrubbing and showering to try and get that off. They would do things like, towards the end of the apprenticeship, tie them up to the lampposts and just their undies outside the workshop, and they'd have a box of rotten fruit, and they'd have a sign that said, feel free to throw it at them, and just, they would just do all sorts of horrible things to the apprentices, but I, I, and I'm not saying we should do that again, although it would be fun sometimes. But I used to watch these apprentices come onto the side and they were soft, they were, uh, you know, got upset about everything and anything. And, and their whole purpose was they try to break the apprentice. That was their whole plan. But if they survived the apprenticeship, by the end of it, not only were they a phenomenal mechanic, but they had a strength of character that they did not have before they came. Now, I'm not saying that's the right way that we should develop character, but I'm just trying to show you that it was... It was actually the stuff that they went through in their apprenticeship that actually made them a great mechanic. And everyone would turn around and we would have clients that would insist that their BMW was serviced by this mechanic. Why? Because something had happened in their apprenticeship which had caused them to actually become a fruitful mechanic. Are you with me this morning? You see, when we come to Christ, Christ plants the seed of his word in our heart the Holy Spirit comes along and he waters that seed and, and you start to have the sense that you're created for greatness. That happens to every single person that gets saved. And I want to tell you this morning that you are. But then what happens is that God starts to build a root system from that seed in your heart and it's always built in your internal world. Root system is always built where people can't see. It's always built in those moments which nobody else can see. Your heart is your point of connection with Jesus. It's where he speaks to you. It's where you have that connection with him. And what he does is he starts to develop on the inside of you root systems so that your heart becomes like his heart, so that your thoughts become his thoughts, your ways become his ways, your wants become his wants, your speech becomes his speech, your works become his works, and slowly but surely, as he builds this root system in your life, you become 100% united with him, and that's when people taste and they see Jesus. You see, if we're going to be people that, that bear great fruit, if we're going to be people that produce an abundance of great things, then God has to make us actually bigger on the inside before he can actually work on the outside. You have to let him build a root system in the secret place of your life. I'm not talking about a secret place as in a closet. I'm not saying that having prayer time and all that stuff is bad. That's brilliant. It's all part of your character development. But there's the building in your heart. You know those moments where somebody asks you if you can do something and you say yes with your mouth, but your heart is like, I don't want to do that. But you're too scared to say no in case of the person's response. And, and uh, I was talking to somebody this week, and it's, when, when, you, when you say yes to something you want to say no to, you're actually making a, a false agreement with that person. You're actually making a false agreement. When we, when we do this with, oh God, I really, I really love you and that, but then but I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this part of Christianity. We're actually making a false agreement with him. There's a, there's a character development that has to happen. And 
I don't know about you, but God doesn't need any encouragement in working in my life. You know what I'm talking about? At Bible college, there used to be guys beside me when we were at Bible college, me and Trinity, and they'll be praying things on the altar. Like, God, break me. God, break me. I, I never pray that because God doesn't need any encouragement. I pray things like, God, bless me. E.M. Bounds, one of the great forefathers on prayer in the Christian world, said this, the man, God's man and woman, is made in the closet. Their life and profoundest convictions are born in their secret place. You know, we, if you've been in Christianity long enough and you've heard the story of David being anointed king, we know that Samuel rocked up to Jesse's house and went through all the brothers and some of them were tall and some of them were good looking. And we know David was, it says that he was young and ruddy looking. I'm not sure what that means. Maybe it's, you know, I don't, anyway, I'm not going to go there. Ruddy looking and he was out looking after the sheep and they thought he was insignificant. But as Samuel goes through, he discovers that God says no, no, no to every single brother. And he asks Jesse, is there anybody else? And he calls he says, yeah, oh, there's David. And so they called David to come in. And listen to what it says in Samuel 16, 7. This is God talking to Samuel. He says, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at their outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In other words, people look for the fruit, but God looks for the roots. People look for the fruitness of people's lives, but God looks for the roots. Now, I'm, can I say this, is that the Bible says this, you shall know them by their fruit. It's not by the fruit that you know them, it's the fact that they produce fruit means that you know that they've got roots. In the kingdom, we see fruit and we go, or in the world, we see fruit and we go, that's an apple tree. In the kingdom, we see fruit and we go, that's great root systems. See, it's not whether it's apples or not. What, the fruit that's produced is not the issue in the kingdom. It's the roots that are growing that produces the fruit. The thrivingness of your life is not the fruit you produce, but the roots you grow. And the reason why God chose David is because David had built great root systems. Are you, are you with me? His brothers were good looking and tall. I mean, let, let's have a think for a moment about, about King Saul, the king that David replaced. It says that when they picked Saul to be their king, it said that he was good looking and taller than anyone else. In other words, he had a great stature. But we all know that Saul failed miserably because he did not carry God's ways in his heart. So he could not walk in God's ways. Why? Because Saul's problem was the fruit couldn't be sustained because the roots were too small. The pressure of being king is what slaughtered him because he did not have the character to carry the weight. And so when he goes and finds David, he finds a young man that has spent his time looking after the sheep, looking after the sheep. When we understand scripture, the Bible calls us sheep. He was a guy who was learning in the wilderness of looking after sheep how to care for people, how to defend them from the lion and from the bear, how to worship. He wrote so much of Psalms, worship songs in those moments. He had a root system that went down 
be. God is looking for people to let him grow them on the inside before they start getting on the outside. And in verse 13 of chapter 16, it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and he anointed him, that is David, in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Why? He anointed him. A seed was planted in David for fruitfulness, and then the Holy Spirit came upon him and started to water and causing it to grow. And from that day on, David, the story of David, it talks of him of going from cave to cave, yes? Running for his life at one stage from Saul. Remember when he defeated Goliath and he comes back into town and the people are saying, Saul has killed his thousands, but David 10,000. And Saul's insecurities get on top of him and he feels threatened by David. And his whole plan is to kill David, to get rid of him. And he spends a whole lot of his life running around in the wilderness, hiding from Saul. But what was that all about? That was all about God developing root systems in David. So what he did is said, you're going to be king one day. You're going to be incredibly fruitful one day. You're going to have this amazing impact on the world. Now let's go and get your root system sorted out. And the thing is for David is that he thrived in that time. He absolutely thrived. How do you know he thrived in that time? Because the Bible says that all the men that came and joined him were misfits. They were rejects. They were losers in society. That's what they were saying. But by the time David becomes anointed as king, they have now become his mighty men. So David had this ability while going through difficulty, while his character was being developed, while his roots were going down deep, he thrived in that moment because he saw people who were broken turn into mighty people, not while he was king, but before he was king. While he was building his character. Why? Because the impact of David's life and his mighty men were not because they were great in that moment, but because they were great in growing their roots when nobody else was looking. And it was only once God had built those roots in David that he allowed the word to come to pass in his life. And in 2 Samuel 5, 3 to 4, it says, And all the out of Israel came out to King David at Hebron. The king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. And David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 40 years. 30 years old. That means that it took God something between 17 to 20 years to establish the root system in David's life so that he could bear the fruit that he, that he told him he'd bear. I, I just think we have to come to this place where we have to understand that, yes, you are created for greatness, that God wants to do incredible fruitfulness for your life, and he doesn't want it just a temporal thing. He wants it to be a permanent change, not just in your world, but the world around us. But you have to get passionate about your roots. You have to get passionate about your roots. We get passionate about the fruit, but the fruit is the outcome of the roots. Yeah? Come on, we've got to get passionate about our roots. I can remember some of my root process first root process was washing and drying 600 cups twice on a Sunday 
because that was my job. Everybody would just, all my mates would go off for lunch, they'd go off to Denny's or wherever it was because back in those days we didn't have a lot of choices. And they'd go off and they'd have a feed and they'd have a great time and they'd go to the beach and I was there washing and drying cups, washing and drying cups and the only person that helped me was Trinity. And I can remember in those moments going, oh, I don't want to do these stupid cups. I've been doing these stupid cups for six months. Someone else should do these stupid cups. Complain, because I wanted to go to the beach and have fun with everyone else. But you know what? It's about root system. See, this is the problem of most of us is we are so passionate about our vision and so passionate about our passions that we forget it's actually about following Jesus. And sometimes when you're following Jesus, it's not about what you want to do, but what he needs you to do because he needs you to do something that's gonna reveal an attitude in your life because he's gonna form a character that gets roots down deep so that when your vision that he's given you comes to pass and you start to serve in your passions, you actually have the root system to sustain the fruitfulness. That's why when it comes to a career, it's good to start at the bottom and work your way up. But too many people want to come out of university and go straight into a CEO job. You won't last in that job because you don't have the character to carry the weight of the responsibility. And so we get so passionate about our impact that we fail to understand the impact only happens if we get passionate about our roots. Oh, it's quiet this morning. See, deep roots produce fruit. Without deep roots, the fruit comes and goes really quickly. Oh, I'm not really passionate about character development. Neither am I. It's not like I wake up in the morning and go, oh God, I hope you point out a fault in my character this morning. I'm so looking forward to it. I don't. It's, it, it's, I get up in the morning and go, God, let today be a fun day. Let everything go perfectly good. Let everybody love me. That's my prayer every day. But if I want everybody to love me, and if I want everything to go great, and if I want everything to be fun, then it probably requires for my grumpy attitude to be sorted out. Yes? None of the, oh, apart from Andrea, it's good this morning because... Gina's not here and Claire's out there, so they can't. I, I am genuinely always happy in the office. I'm just joking. Here's the thing. I, I think it's really hard for us to get passionate about our roots until we see what happens to people who are rootless. So let me just quickly do this. We're going to finish on this this morning. Luke chapter 8, verse 13 to 14. Jesus is talking about the parable where the seeds are sown and some falls on stony ground, some falls on where there are thistles and some falls where there's very shallow soil and, and it's just destroyed very, very quickly. And he says this, he says, but the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation they fall away. Now the ones who fell among the thorns are those who have heard go out and are choked up with all the cares and the riches and the pleasure of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So these are people that 
receive the word from God, receive the seed from God, and, and they got excited, and, and, and there's a sense of excitement and anticipation of, of the vision that God had placed in their heart, but because they didn't allow the gardener, and it's one of the, the, the things of God, he's the gardener of the garden, they didn't allow him to come along and remove the rocks and remove the weeds and till the soil and fertilize it. And you know, it, it, the thing is, is, is about this is that so often we don't like the bad things that happen in our lives. You know, the crappy things that happen in our lives. Right? Like the poo moments, you know? I can't really say the other word, you know, in church because we're Christians. But, you know, those, those crappy moments when it feels like the whole entire world has pooped on you. you. You know those moments? But what we don't understand is that that poop becomes great fertilizer in the kingdom and it helps the plant to grow. When we're passionate about roots, when a crappy situation happens, we understand that it's going to grow us. When we're passionate about fruit, when a crappy situation happens, we, we hate it. We get angry with God about it. Why are you doing this to me? Because I need to fertilize your roots. These are the people that didn't allow him to cultivate. People walk away from God and die off, not because they have not allowed him to build their internal world. Because when you build your internal world, that's when the seed thrives. That's when the roots go deep. You see, there's a lot of beginners in life, but there's not many finishers. It's really easy to begin. It's really easy to be begin in our walk with Christ with enthusiasm and start really, really strong. But anybody that's been a Christian long enough knows that it starts to get pretty tough sometimes, yes? See, it's not how strong you start out, it's how strong you finish that matters. And how strong you finish depends on whether you let that root system be built in your world. Because if we force it and we try to produce the fruit before the roots are there, the tree will fall over. And then the fruit that comes from it will just have a very short impact, a very small impact. See, God's version of success is building the internal things in our lives so we can build the eternal things outside of our lives. The measure of success is not how many Facebook likes you get or Instagram followers you have or how many bums on seats on a Sunday. While numbers may show us an aspect of the impact that we're having, it is not our measure of success. To be clear, as I said at the beginning, there's nothing wrong with a desire for success, but there is everything wrong with where we're looking to define our success. Success is not on the outside, success is on the inside. Success is not the fruit Success is the root system. Because without the root system, there is no fruit. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says this, We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. In other words, they go, they disappear, they fade away. What you can see is temporary. It will, the Bible says this, that this earth shall fade away. It'll be here one day and gone the next. Yeah? Fame is a vapor. I wish some of our 
Hollywood people understood that as quick as they become popular, they can be gone the next day. The things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, they're eternal. In other words, the stuff that is built on the inside of you, that goes on forever. That goes on, that produces fruit that lasts. That produces fruit that goes on. It's not coincidence that I'm a pastor when you consider that I'm the fifth generation of pastors in my family. It's not a coincidence that my kids have chosen to follow God when you look back through six, seven generations of my family of Christians. It's not a coincidence. Why? Because roots were built by a family member at some stage who said, from this day on, Christianity is going to be part of it. We're going, to, we're going to become a family that knows Jesus. And that went from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. Why? Because fruit that lasts, it goes on for eternal. Because somewhere along the line in my family history, somebody built a root system on the inside of them that is still producing fruit in every single generation that comes after that now. Some of you are in a, such an exciting place because you're the first one that's really found Christ in your family. And you know what? You're not going to see it. You're not going to see it in six or seven generations' time. Uh, um, maybe you will from heaven. I'm not sure. I can't find any theology on that. I like to think so. But here's the thing. There will be a generation in six or seven generations that will be in Christ because of your root system and because of the fruit that you've produced. We have to get passionate about our fruit. Why? Because neat appearances or short-time success does not impress God. God's not interested in a short-term success. He's interested in what lasts. You are here because God has planted you here. You're in the job that you hate because God has put you there. And He's put you there because He's trying to develop a root system that he can't develop in you anywhere else. You're a stay-at-home mum at the moment because God has put you there because he wants to plant a root system in you that only children can produce. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody tells you how cute your child is, but they didn't see them this morning before church when you just wanted to wrap your hands around their neck. Nothing works on your character more than kids. It's a blessing from the Lord. Or whether you're preaching to masses in India, God is interested in how are your roots. How are your roots? He cursed the fig tree not because it wasn't producing figs, but I believe he could see that the root system was not sustainable enough to do it. And so it looked like it was full of leaves. It looked the part on the outside, but on the inside it didn't have the goods. God has placed you everywhere that he puts you, every place that you go. He's put you there because he wants you to let him cultivate strong root systems in your life. Why? 
because he wants you at the end of your time here to go, oh my goodness, what an incredible life. How cool is all of that? How amazing was it when God did this? And how awesome was it when God did that? And how awesome was it when this happened? Can you believe what God has done in our lives and through our lives? This is just, I never imagined. It's, it's the Ephesians 3.20, the above and beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. But you know what? It's no surprise to God because God goes, but look at the roots. Look at the roots. You see, that scripture, Ephesians 3.20 says, our God can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think of according to what? His power that's what at work, what? In us. According to the root system that he has put in us allows our external world to be exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think of. You know, I want to ask you this morning to do something a little bit different than what we would normally do in church. Normally in church, we're always talking about thinking about those out there, yes? That we're here for those that aren't here, that the church is the only organization in the world that exists for the people that don't come, yes? Rugby clubs exist for rugby players, but the church exists for the lost. But before we can do something externally, We've got to do something this morning where we look a little internally. And I want you to look this morning and go, you know what? Am, am I lured by short-term success? Am I lured by a moment of popularity? Or do I want to be a finisher? Or do I want to be a finisher? Am I going to be somebody that loves my roots? Or am I going to be someone that's always just wanting fruits? And I think... Next week, I'm going to talk about how to thrive in the character development time, how, how, how you can thrive in that and how you can love that and how you can be in a place where you're just like, man, I'm loving this because I understand what it's going to produce. We're going to talk about that next week, but I do want you to take an honest look on the inside this morning and go, man, have I, have I stopped growing my roots? Has manure come my way and I've rejected it? Has God been trying to do something in me and I'm just refusing to accept it? And in the meantime, I'm always saying to him, why isn't this happening and why isn't that happening? You promised me this and you promised me that. Have I rejected the process because I thought the process would be like this, but God's trying to take me around here because he's trying to develop a root system in me so that when I really step into what he has planned for me, it's bigger and wilder. Because you know what? God will... God will develop you before he develops your vision. And I just think we just, if we're going to see 2017 be the year that we want it to be, we're going to start by saying, you know what? This year, I'm going to grow my roots deep. I am going to grow my roots deep. I'm going to get a really good root system in place. Because I don't know about you, but when God really starts to fulfill his word in my life, I don't want it to be for a short period of time. I want it to last years. I want it to last years. I say this to God all the time. When I retire, I want to live to at least 100 because I want the benefits of all my working life manifested in my retirement life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It would be really sad to retire and the next day you, don't, you die and you don't even get to enjoy it. 
I'm determined to grow roots deep, but I'm determined to be around to see the fruitfulness, the much fruit, the lasting fruit in your life and in my life. So why don't we just close our eyes for just a moment and get the musicians to come. And I want you to just take a moment right now and ask yourself, how, are, how is my root system? How are my roots? Am I prepared to let God to grow me deep so that I can be fruitful? Have I become a fruit watcher and not a root grower? If you're here this morning, while everyone's eyes are closed and you're here this morning, I mean, I, I realize that I have become so fixated on the vision for my life or wanting to see the things that I want to see that I've actually stopped following Jesus in the direction that he's taken me off. I've actually stopped growing my roots deep and I'm frustrated that I'm not seeing the fruitfulness that I think I should see in my life. But now I understand that I've got to get my root system cranking again. And I'm going to put some things in place over the next week or two weeks of my life that really gets my root system thriving. But, I, but I'm here this morning and I, and, and I really love someone just to pray. Just to pray with me. That I'll be able to get that root system cranking again. That I get passionate about my roots. And that the fruit would just become a byproduct. That my focus would be on growing deep so that I can have a longevity. If you're here this morning, like, man, Craig, I really love it. If you could help by just praying for me that my root system would get cranking again, that, that I'd start focusing on growing good roots and understanding that fruit is all a benefit of great roots, and I need to get my root system going again in Jesus. If that's you here this morning, like, man, I'd love you to pray with me. Can you just, can you just put your hand up? Just put your hand up across this place. Say, man, I just need my root system to get cranking again. I need to grow deep. I've let it become shallow. Is there anybody else here this morning? Last chance. Just put your hand up this morning. I'm going to get passionate about my roots. And I'm going to understand that situations that I don't like is about Jesus growing my roots. And if I can let him do that, I know that I'm going to produce the fruit. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. For every single person that has lifted their hand here this morning. God, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your grace and we thank you for your mercy. I thank you that your word says this, that a bruised reed you do not break. In other words, God, even if a plant isn't producing what it is that you want it to produce, God, you don't get rid of it, but you come along and you work consistently. And so I pray right now, Father, that you'd come and that you'd start regenerating these root systems. Your word says a smoldering stick he does not put out, but he puts it back into the fire. And people have responded this morning that said, man, I want to get my root system cranking again. I want to get it growing again because I want to see this much fruit. I want to see this lasting fruit. I want to see the eternal on the inside so I can see eternal on the outside. Father, I pray that you would come and you'd inject into their hearts and their souls and their spirit something of your power, something of your nature that would just cause the root system to start to come to life again, that 
it start to grow, that it start to go deep, that the things of this, the cares and the pleasures of this world would just break off so easily so that we can get down into the soil, that we wouldn't just hear this word and walk away excited, but we're going to grow our roots deep and we're going to get passionate about the character development that God's going to do in me because I know from that comes the great things that you have planned for me. God, I thank you that it's your power that's worked in me that brings about the above and beyond what I could ever imagine. And I pray, God, come by your spirit, come by your power this morning and re-energize, revitalize, put an injection of the spirit of God into those root systems this morning. Lord, let everything else fall off. Let us be able to make the changes we need to make where our focus becomes, how do I grow my roots? In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.